0: Hello Power Pack fans! We need to start off this show with a content warning. We are finally going to be covering the Power Pack free story that was put out in 1985 as part of the Spider-Man and Power Pack issue about child abuse.
1: While we are going to still try and keep this as light as possible, we are making a few changes to what we talk about and how we talk about it in order to be sensitive to some of the content we will be discussing.
2: So here is the content warning. We will be talking about issues of child abuse and family trauma. If this is a sensitive topic for you, or you would rather not listen to this episode, we will understand. At the same time, we encourage you, our fans, to reach out and talk to us to let us know your feelings on this issue. We want to point out that none of us are doctors, psychologists, or trained professionals. Power Pack and Spider-Man, with tips on ways to prevent sexual abuse.
0: Your body belongs to you, and you have a right to decide how and
1: when anyone touches you. If somebody tries to touch you in ways that don't feel good or seem right, say no!
3: Yeah, and be sure to tell somebody too. And don't forget, if the first person you tell doesn't believe you, keep telling until you find someone who does.
2: And remember, if this happens, it's not your fault.
1: Welcome to your listener-tired podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer,
0: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing
1: alcohol. I am Jeff. I am Rick. And I am Alexander. Like random banter through the hourglass, these are the (laughs) days of our lives. Totally, (laughs) dude.
0: I'm going to go Bill and Ted's, because I'm pretty sure that that's what you got it from.
1: That would work, but I actually was going from (laughs) even just, I said it, it was less words. It was the Days of Our Lives. Plain and simple. And do you know why I'm picking the Days of Our Lives for uh, Because you
0: like, because Bill and Ted 3 just came out.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, obviously. I really need to see that still, but I also need to see everything. But I'm picking that one just because this episode has some drama in it. There is some stuff that people talk about. There are some things going on. So that's why I picked that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can tend to agree with that. I can tend to agree with that. I think my answer was better, but that's because, just because.
2: <laughs> as as long as no evil twins show up, I think we'll be all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, we aren't going to, <laughs> we're not going to say that's not going to happen because it's I mean, quite possible it will happen. And we are covering
2: it, a Spider-Man it, it, issue, yeah. so. Yeah. Clones? Yes. Yeah. Clones yeah. Clones
0: could always be part of the thing. Yeah. Ben Riley. Knocking on knocking the pocket, door every yeah. second, man. You know, you never know. Yeah. You never know.
1: There you go. You
0: know, we have we have this power with our podcast. And you know, as everybody knows, with great power <laughs> comes great soup.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yep. <laughs> Speaking
0: of soup, you know what does not go well with soup, at least in my experience, is waffles. Mm. But what does go roll well with yes. waffles is Mario. You do. We don't have Mario, but we do have waffles. And waffles is Alexander Williams, our guest this episode, all the way from wonderful New Zealand.
1: It is a beautiful country.
2: I've Good. really enjoyed the time that I've spent there. I can't wait until you're actually allowed back. It'll be a joyous occasion. <laughs> I would
0: love to go uh, and check out New Zealand. I. Talking to you just makes me want to go down there and visit the people and visit the country and enjoy it. Uh, me casa su casa. I, we will take you up on that, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. I, I will bring my family. We will crash on your floor. I am not a proud man.
1: <laughs> we will take over your house. We will kick you out of your bed. We will pet your dog. Oh, you... We will ask you to I, go to the store <laughs> yes. for us.
0: Actually, here's here's the thing: is that my wife and daughter are already, already at home in your house because you have cats. So there yes. you go. That that you. My wife is sold. My daughter is sold. That, that's nice. it. That's it right yep. there.
2: Although you, you might need to kick the cats off the bed first before you can sleep in no, little no, sure. That,
0: that, that has <laughs> never stopped <either> of, <laughs> any member of my family. Never. Oh, good. Now, yes. Now, I, I, speaking of travel, though, uh, I know that right now, and I was talking to you a little bit before the 2 I started playing the Spider-Man game on PS4. Oh, my and nice. as I'm swinging around New York City, I am just like... I want to go back to, I want to travel right now. I want to go back to New York City because, oh my God, it's so much fun. (laughs) But no, I, I, I would love to go to New Zealand. I think that would be
2: fantastic.
0: How's the weather in New Zealand for you right now?
2: Uh, I'm looking outside, and there's nothing but sunshine, so...
0: Please, can you explain to what this, us what the sun, sunshine, that you speak of? Because we are from Portland, Oregon, and uh, for this past week, which is the week of September 13th through the 19th, we don't know what sun is, we don't know what sky is, we actually don't know what oxygen is anymore.
1: We have the worst air quality in the world right now from uh, wildfires. It is very smoky out.
0: So if you could please explain to us what what this oxygen and blue sky and sun is, that would be fantastic. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, not to get too political or anything, but uh, in New Zealand, we have something called environmentalism, where we actually look after our our country and, uh, yeah, you know, root manage our forests and wildlife. We, actually, fun fact, um, sort of tangential, New Zealand has the only rat sanctuary in the world because the Kuru, which is the Māori rat, which came with the uh, initial waka, with the you know first peoples, has sort of been here with the Māori since, and it's sort of quite sacred to their culture. And so there is an island off the shore of the North Island somewhere that is the only rat sanctuary in <laughs> the world. So if you want to know how uh, environmentalists uh, New Zealanders. Uh, we have a whole bunch of islands around our country, which we have converted into sanctuaries for a multitude of different animals, and we are currently trying to get the two main islands uh, to the same level. So, yeah. Environmentalism I, I, prevents I, smoky air. We, we're confused by
0: this, because
2: uh,
1: uh,
0: according to everything we know, it, it's going to get colder real soon. <laughs>
1: So your guys's version sounds like a lot of work. We'd rather just deny that it's happening.
2: <laughs> Man, uh, the 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 only problem is that every other country seems to be along with you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, I, a, a,
1: yeah.
2: I, I, I mean, it 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 wasn't so bad. Uh, but I do remember back in January, February this year, when Australia was on fire, and that was so bad that it was actually um, bringing um, plumes of smoke over to our shores and so remember looking up at the sky and seeing these big orange hazes that was smoke coming from our neighbor so that was very scary also so my heart uh, does go out uh seeing the havoc wreaked um to our pacific neighbors was terrible and seeing all the imagery coming from you guys is heartbreaking as well so yeah not not easy yeah
0: right now uh, both canada and mexico are just in there like hey knock it off Seriously, just (laughs) knock it off. Yeah, I 2020, man. That's that's all we that's all we can say at this point in time. It's just we were not expecting this. This 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 is yet another change that we have, but that's okay. We we we're, we're surviving. I was a little closer to some of the fires than than Jeff was over here. We were kind of in one of the early stage evacuation zones for a while. We had some of my daughter's classmates and some of the teachers who were actually forced out of their homes at one point or another. Yeah, it's starting to calm down a little bit. And actually, I was very happy that today the air quality is just unhealthy instead of hazardous. Mm -hmm. For many days now, this little symbol on the air quality was just, if you're not wearing a gas mask, you're dead. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not happy with this. I am not happy with this at all. (laughs) things are getting better things are getting better we really haven't left our house in fact i think this morning i went outside for the first time in a couple days just to move the garbage cans up front (laughs) it's just like all right i'm gonna gas mask up before i go outside and that's that's not fun that's not
2: fun at all no no considering the uh pandemic as well yeah masks
0: well that's uh, that's the only good thing is that you know (laughs) we actually have masks that we can wear outside
2: which silver linings silver silver linings linings. like
0: oh great at least we're prepared for this yay Uh,
1: yeah (laughs) they get multiple usage so that's good
0: the idea was at the beginning Mm. we put these on when we were going out and like being surrounded by people and yet we knew that if we're going out open air we'd be fine no 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 no
1: (laughs) Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I will just say that I've been in training for this uh, PSA episode by having as many bad things happen to me as is humanly possible. I tweaked my back. My daughter wanted me to carry her around first thing in the morning, and the way that she leaned onto that tweaked my neck out where I'm like, ow, everything hurts. I got to discover that a freezer no longer functioning by smell and then got to clean up gallons of freezer stew. That's also spilled out on the floor. I'm still in the process of dealing with that. I found out that my waterproof cell phone isn't waterproof when it took a drink (laughs) of water and said, it's also no longer a cell phone either. Well, it's a shiny expensive brick. So that's something. (laughs) I mean, it's probably going to be a real pretty skipping stone at some point. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just I've, I've been in training for the trauma of this issue by just having lots of my own trauma
0: <laughs> Ser- seriously give us some good news waffles give us some good news man <laughs>
2: you can breathe through your air um, it's wonderful you're in a you're yeah, in a lovely yeah. country you've got a great pets yes um Two of which, which we had to recently get rid of because I'm moving and there's no place in the new place for them. One of which we discovered has a hypothyroidism oh. out of two of my dogs. One of them is severely sick this morning. Um, when we woke up, we would discovered that he had left unpleasantness all over the house. So he's at the vet at the moment as we're recording this. The house is half-packed. I've got an assignment due in three days that I've only started. And so my brain is currently full of New Zealand history around the Te Tisi Te Waitangi. Uh, it is also Te Wiki Te, te Reo in New Zealand uh, this week, which is Māori Language Week, which is why I'm trying to um, have a bit of Te Reo uh, in my linguistics today as well. I'm not great on, on Te Reo, but I am learning. But just want to acknowledge that to all the um, Kiwi listeners. Uh, happy uh, Te Reo week. So yeah, so life is happening. <laughs> Well, so. but I get to talk to you, lovely people. So that's, <laughs> hey, that's, that's our good news a, too. the bright side of my week. Yeah. Yes, you
0: know, you know. Here's here's what I, I I gotta say is that I think that we should move on to something better and happier
1: <laughs> instead of the misery which is our existences <laughs> yes. at current times. Uh, misery loves company, uh, but we did you know? No, we b- Before, we, before at, I, at, I, I, yeah. we,
0: we will get to something. We will get to this book, but before we do that, let's get to something happy. And wonderful <laughs> there is a new power pack series that is starting in november and that's going to be done by ryan north and nico leon's power pack is back on track with marvel announcing that there is a limited series that will debut in november so that is something to be very happy about and i hope that everybody who is a power pack fan will go out there and pre-order that get your name in talk to your local comic shops i mean they are open they will work with you on setting up curbside delivery and whatever you need but let's let's give these guys some love because you know they're not going to come back it's going to come back it got <laughs> held up by the covid like everything else but this november we will see power back back in the stores which will be good which will be good so now let's get on to what we're really gonna talk about, and that's this issue. But before we do that, Jeff, can you please give us a recap about
1: what this series is about? 4 preteen siblings were rescued from being kidnapped by the generically evil space reptile aliens named Snarks by the generically good, Earth-culture-loving space horse alien named Alefire White Man of the Chymelion race, who then promptly died, but had the common courtesy to transfer his powers to the Earth children, who then decided to become superheroes and name themselves Power Pack. Clips from their highlight reel include keeping the earth from blowing up, stopping a demonic invasion, helping to stop an age of apocalypse, stopping an alien war of accession, hosting an amazing Thanksgiving day party, and most importantly, teaching Cloak of Cloak and Dagger fame how to read. Now that the, oh yeah, kidnappings, there are so many kidnappings in Power Pack that you won't believe it, two sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? Normally, I would say, my pleasure, my friend, but I want to do something different
0: for this PSA episode, just to bring the tone down a notch or to change it a little bit. So I've provided you with a soda, and man, you are probably going to hate me for my pick.
1: Well, let's see what you got.
0: So once again, I have given Jeff a present in a paper bag, (laughs) and he has got...
1: (laughs) always ask for avery (laughs) dog drool soda it's soda it's so disgusting totally gross soda (laughs) it's orange lemon that sounds good it has a picture of a drooly uh tongue flappy runny little kind of dog on it that's good (laughs) it's called dog drool hmm
0: i tried my best to find something from new zealand in honor of waffles but covid and just just general not luck no 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 chance no chance at all so uh i found this at a store and i stopped and i said wow that sounds disgusting and i thought hmm i can make this work how can i make this work jeff
1: because there is a dog featured in this issue Yes, there is.
0: Now, this is what we are going to drink. Waffles. What
2: have you brought to the table? In honor of New Zealand, I have got L&P, which is lemon and pooroa, which is world famous in New Zealand. (laughs) It is our national beverage. But... I have a surprise for you boys, because on top of that, I also have Pascal's pineapple lumps, which are a a sweet treat that we have in New Zealand, but not only that, I have Pascal's LMP pineapple lumps as well, but the fun doesn't stop there, because we're not going to talk about the Spider-Man part of this Spider-Man and Power Pack, because The less we go into that, the better. Uh But I have a cup full of ice cream. And (laughs) if I am to add the LMP to this ice cream, I am making myself a spider. Which I have spilled. but that's okay. Because life happens. And I have a little napkin here to clean that up. But... I also have these little sour spider lollies because of the sour Spider Man story, (laughs) which is going to go into the spider, and I shall be drinking a spider along with you, boys. (laughs) So that was my very Kiwi, very New Zealand, because you couldn't be here, but I'm going to bring as much Kiwi to this as I can.
1: Sir, I applaud you.
0: It's just like it's a commercial, it's, but wait,
1: there's (laughs) There's more. more. How much would you pay for a two-liter bottle of L&P soda? Wait, don't answer yet.
2: <laughs> that's Let great. me tell you, I was... $1.99. Okay, I nut. was
0: looking for that. I was trying my best to look for that. That was the first thing that came up. And so when I saw you bring that up, I'm like, yes, yeah. that's what I wanted to find. No, nope.
2: good. L&P, there's, there's, it's world famous in New Zealand. You cannot... Like, literally, it's the only thing I would drink. It's, it is the quintessential New Zealand soda. I have soda. not had it. And I actually found it cheaper to drink beer than soda.
1: When I was in New Zealand, which was so weird. It was was just along lines where I'm like, um, oh, I want to get a pop. And I'm like, no, I guess I'm going to drink a
2: pitcher of beer for less money. Weird. That um, is is quite a telling indictment about New Zealand's binge drinking culture. That is a conversation that nationally we have to have around the availability of alcohol. Yeah. So that's that's a thing.
0: (laughs) Our drink is nice and pink, mm-hmm. very much like dog drool. Yeah, um, is that the color of dog drool? Maybe. Well, I'm oh, no. guessing so. We'll I'm, find I'm, out. I'm going to go with their. I'm going to go with what they're believing on this. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a thing. Let me know when you're ready, because
1: orange lemon. It is. Uh, it doesn't really have a a, a, ta- a smell, and the taste is kind of like watered down lemonade.
0: Yeah. I was really. I'm. I'm still kind of like waiting for it to. There's a bit of hesitancy when you drink something that's yeah. called dog drool, and I'm still waiting for that to hit.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a lovely light pink color. It's a little, you know, it's translucent. Story time on it is that if you give somebody a bottle, they'll give you ten cents. It's it's fizzy. It is it even that? Yeah, there's a bit of fizz in there. It's just I don't know. It's kind of dull, really. It's not bad. It's, yeah. Eh. I mean, I was expecting something much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Considering it says it's so disgusting and <laughs> totally gross soda. It's got a little bit of sweetness in there. No, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. The orange is really kind of getting lost. I think that might be at the front end of it. The lemon kind of, that's the after flavor is sort of that almost like processed kind of lemonade kind of flavor. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah. okay, that's just there. It's... It's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to describe it as. The uh, word that's word, you know, my favorite word for things where I'm like, meh, it's it's meh. fine, it's fine, meh, it's fine. What what a very fine beverage you have provided, Rick. Thank you. Not a problem. I went mostly for the uh, the comedic element of it, call, it being called dog drool. Yeah, totally but that
0: was hilarious. No, that's
1: funny. It was. Oh, <laughs> hey, you heard me laughing about the cover on this. This <laughs> thing is great. I love pulling this out and laughing my head off about it.
0: I'm just watching Waffles over there <laughs> eat his uh, Spider-Man, and I saw his like the Spider-Man <laughs> chewy go in his mouth too. <laughs> <laughs> Background on this issue: I, I did find some stuff on this. This issue was produced back in 1986, and this kind of was part of a an effort on Marvel to get in cooperation with the National Committee for the Prevention of Child Abuse. And that was a Chicago-based clearinghouse of materials and information. But they went, talked to them, and said, you know, comics is a great way that we can reach out to kids. It's actually viewed by professionals as an unusually effective means in which to discuss some of those matters. They decided to put something together, and so they did the... It was really run by the Spider-Man half of this book, which was not great by the end of the day once you read it um and that was that script was done by uh, jim salicrup but we're really not going to talk about it because it's just very disturbing um and it doesn't hold up well at all but the runaway feature kind of came in the background and was j- just a way to fill out the rest of the book and they asked Louis simonson and June Brigman to go ahead and put this together we're going to talk about that and then we'll discuss what we think about it but the entire idea behind this was just to out something that could get a message to the kids and Marvel Comics said yeah sure we'll do this we'll participate in it and it was produced free way before they did the free comic book days and it was just a nice little supplement to get their name out there with a good message that's kind of a little bit of background of what we're going to talk about but I guess uh, the only thing we can do now
1: is to talk about the opening credits and really get into it so Jeff if you please Spider-Man Power Pack issue number one, 1984, Runaway. Credits, scripts, Louise Simonson, layouts, June Brigman. pencils, Mary Wilshire, finisher, Bob Wyachek, letterers, Joe Rosen, colors, Glenis Ween, editor, Jim Salakrup. editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter. Featuring
0: Power Pack, Alex Power aka G, the oldest Power sibling at 12, and this is back when he had the ability to increase and decrease the gravity of objects he touches. Julie Power, a.k.a. Lightspeed, second oldest power sibling. She's got the Rainbow Trail flying power at the moment. Jack Power, a.k.a. Massmaster, second youngest power sibling at eight. He's got the ability to control his molecular density. And Katie Power, a.k.a. the Energizer, the youngest power sibling at five. She's got the ability to disintegrate matter, turning it into energy, which she can expel into powerful balls.
2: Get starring. Maggie Powers, the power children's mother. Jim Powers, the power children's father. Neither parent knows their children have superpowers. Jane, classmate and friend of Julie's. The first page of our
1: story is a letter of explanation to the reader and goes thusly. Dear reader, the stories you are about to read may seem familiar to you. They are about children who have been forced or tricked or conned by an older person into touch or sexual contact. This is called child sexual abuse. Perhaps you or someone you know has been sexually abused. If so, you are not alone. Probably over half a million children experience some kind of sexual abuse
2: every year. The purpose of this book is to teach you how to protect yourself from sexual abuse and what to do if it happens to you. It shows you that even people you know and trust can touch you in ways or in places that feel uncomfortable or yucky or just not right. Or they can make you touch them in private places. And this book tells you that if this happens, it's not your fault. You can say no, and there is help out there.
0: Just like Spider-Man and Power Pack, you are not powerless. You can help yourself, and you can help others. We hope that you will find this comic book valuable, and that you will share it with a friend. Sincerely, Ann H. Cohn, DPH, Executive Director, National Committee for Prevention
1: of Child Abuse. So, now that the intro has been covered, let's crack open these not-so-funny pages and walk through the eight pages of story and see what is going on.
2: The first top third of the first page is the four kids flying through the air for no other reason than to give us their aliases, what their powers are, and that they're trying to not be late to school. They are pretty convinced that no one will see them as they are just an ordinary everyday cloud zipping along the expressway, trailing a rainbow behind it as an ordinary everyday cloud would. Yep, I'm convinced that doesn't stand out at all.
0: Pretty ham-handed approach if you ask me, but whatever. The introduction has been made,
1: here they are, here are their powers, here's us getting into the issue. And they jump right into giving us the premise of the tale. We have the story title bisecting the page in half, and we see a young girl, possibly around 10 or 11 years old, in her bedroom, eyes closed, hands over her ears, very much in anguish.
2: Through her open door, we see the shadows of her parents arguing in the front room. The father-shaped shadow was saying,
0: Jane's lying. She made the whole thing up. What else would you expect from a child like ours?
2: Not to derail anything, but before we go into the depths of this very serious issue, I just wanted to point out that she has a poster in the background that says Duran Duran. And? I was surprised the girl's name is Jane. I thought her name was Rio.
1: Okay, Alexander. You want to play the song game? Then let's play the song game. Because of the skin trade last night in the city, she has come undone and wants to take the pressure off and wishes that she was someone else, not me. And because of her serious girl panic, all she wants is the chauffeur to take her to the night boat so that she can see the sunrise after the new moon on Monday on planet Earth. The reflex to save a prayer for an ordinary world is a matter of feeling brought about by her careless memories, asking
2: her the question, is there something I should know? Nice try. But you missed Hungry Like the Wolf and Girls on Film. So I'm going to score you zero points for this game.
0: Yeah, and you missed a view to a kill. The agents on her Mastery Secret podcast will be so disappointed slash unsurprised by you.
1: Moving on. Jane is crying now. Her mother believes her father and not her. She admits to herself that while she does tell lies sometimes, she isn't lying about what happened to her. She's feeling trapped in the house, listening to her parents still arguing. But luckily, she hasn't out. She has to go to school, and she had better hurry, or else she will be late. And if that happens, her mom and dad will. Well, what? What will they do that isn't already worse than what they've already done?
2: Realizing that maybe she doesn't have to go to school at all, she packs up her school book bag and clothes and money from her piggy bank and starts writing a note. She has done a lot of quick thinking, and she is wondering why she said anything if this is the response her truths have. Realizing that her situation is untenable, she has decided to run away the last panel on the page is the note she wrote to her mom held
1: down by a stuffed animal the note reads dear mom i hate what dad's been doing to me
0: i feel like i'm bad and like it's all my fault i tried to tell you but you wouldn't listen so i have to leave
2: goodbye i love you jane cut to the powerhouse Katie is watching her mother Maggie painting on a canvas and the boys are lounging around the living room reading comics. A fun easter egg here is that Alex is reading an issue of Thor, a comic that Wheezy's husband worked on.
0: Julie comes into the room and Maggie asks her where her friend Jane is. Apparently,
1: Jane was supposed to come over to work on a science project with her. Julie says that she wasn't at school at all that day. The phone rings, interrupting the conversation, and it is Jane's parents. They inform Maggie that Jane has run away and they were wondering if the powers have seen her.
0: Julie, thinking fast, tells her mom that she knows where Jane may have gone, and offers to go find the missing girl, with the rest of her
2: siblings. Once outside, Alex asks where they're going, and Julie admits that she does not know, but with their powers combined, they can search the city fast. Katie
1: quickly powers up by disintegrating some trash, much to Jack's derision, and the kids costume on and fly away to save the day.
0: Later, hours have passed, and no luck has been had in finding their friend. Who knew finding a runaway in New York could be so hard?
1: Everybody, literally everybody knows that, Rick. In fact, they are so discouraged that Jack is ready to throw in the towel, and Alex is right behind him on that sentiment. Julie thinks that they should keep looking because A. They are heroes gifted with fabulous space powers to save the world. B. If they can save the world, then they can darn well save their friend. And C.
2: If they are tired and cold, think of how miserable Jane must be. The kids do get lucky when Katie hears a dog growling and barking. Following Katie's outpointed finger, they see a stray, feral dog has trapped the runaway in the alley. How
1: fortunate? Also, this was a problem in New York in the 80s? Wild dogs just menacing people left and right in the center?
0: I don't know, but I think we'll talk about pacing
2: and plot convenience later. Fair enough. Thanks to the jack cover the kids have, Katie is able to pop the pup in the posterior with a paltry partially powered powerball, prompting the problematic predator to pack out. Giving a I told you so to Jack, they quickly land, costumes off, and run around the corner to check on Jane. Closest
0: aside, that was well done, sir. She is relieved that her friends are here and starts to tell them how glad she is to see them, as there was a big scary dog. But the Power Kids don't have the desire to hear about the current events that they already know about and tell her they were worried about her and want to know why she ran away. Jane doesn't want to say, it's a secret,
1: and if she tells people, things are only going to get worse. With some gentle persuasion and a promise not to tell, they convince her to tell them.
2: So... Jane admits that her dad has been bothering her for years and that he makes her undress in front of him. He also touches her in her private places. He sees that this was their secret, but she still feels really weird about it.
1: I think that the next set of dialogue cannot really be summarized, so we will just have to read it aloud. Julie says the following.
3: But my mother says that if somebody tries to touch you in ways you don't like, even if it's someone you know and trust, like a relative or a teacher... The way to stop it is to speak up and say no.
0: Jane responds by saying, how could I say no? He's my dad. And he said it was okay because he loves me.
1: Jack has something to say as well. And you know that when I speak for him, I do so in a funny voice. But I hope that you will forgive me if I skip it this time. This is a serious subject, and I don't really want to make light of it or detract from the message. So, Jack says, sometimes it's hard to say no. But did you tell anybody? Mom says that if somebody tries to touch us in ways we don't like that, we should make a big fuss and tell a grown up fast. If you tell, you won't
2: get in trouble. Jane says that she did finally tell her mother this morning, but when her mother confronted her father about it, he said that Jane was lying and then her parents started to argue again. Her parents are always arguing.
1: Jane also says that she feels like she is bad, like it is because of something she did that makes her dad do the things that he
0: does. Julie comforts her and says that it is not her fault, and that there is nothing wrong with her. The person that is at fault is her father. No
2: grown-up should touch a child that way. That's sexual abuse. The power kids ask if there are any other family members she can talk to, or other grown-ups. Jane says they're all too far away, and she just does not trust anyone. Alex suggests their mom. Julie agrees and says that if their mom doesn't believe her, that they will find a grown-up that will. They bring Jane home. Maggie asks if she's okay and offers her some food.
0: Julie prompts the conversation by saying that Jane has a problem and needs to talk to her about it. Jane
1: tells Maggie the entire story. Maggie comforts her and tells her that she is very brave
2: and that she believes her. She also promises to help her in all the ways that she can. At that moment, Jim comes home. And after a big hug from Katie, Maggie takes him to the living room to talk. This worries Jane, as she knows that once Mr. Power hears her secret, that he's going to think she is bad, and hate her, just like her dad does. Alex shuts this line of thought down fast, saying that it took a lot of guts to do what she did, and that a grown-up shouldn't ask a kid to keep a secret like that.
0: Later, Maggie has called Jane's mother to let her know that she's okay. Jane's mom is confused and upset, but is glad that Jane is safe. Jim explains that he is not an expert, and that there are no miracles but that there are people who help families like Jane's. He reminds her that the important thing is to
1: ask for help as he picks up the phone to call the proper authorities. The last panel is Julie hugging Jane with the other kids around, reminding her that her friends are here, that they believe her and are there to help her and her family. Because that is what heroes do. They listen and they help. Thus ends our story other than the epilogue.
2: The epilogue tells us that the power parents knew that adults who abuse children should be reported to the proper authorities. After the report was made, and a quiet investigation, Jane's father moves out of the house and went to live with his brother while going to a place for treatment. Jane and her mother are seeing a family counsellor.
0: The majority of this epilogue contains special information for you and your parents about dealing with sexual abuse. This special information is split
1: into five points. 1. How to Report Sexual Child Abuse A. It is a crime no matter how young the victim or who the offender is. There is an agency in every state that is mandated by state law to receive and to investigate reports. Two. Treatment for sexual abuse. Sexual abusers and their families can be helped.
0: They list Parents United as one of the national self-help organizations. Today, you can find that at www.nsvrc.org.
2: Help if you've been sexually abused. The Low Self-Esteem anger, and guilt, often experienced by victims, can lead to a variety of problems later. Discussion and therapy groups are often helpful. They list local United Ways and Adults Molested as Children United today. That's org. That's R A I N dot org forward slash national resources and sexual assault survivors and their loved ones.
1: Four. Need more information? The organizers of this book offer a P.O. box to get more information.
0: Five. Want to help? The National Committee for Prevention of Child Abuse lists their P.O. box, roughly identical to the one above, as a way for people to help stop child abuse. But today you can find them at preventchildabuse.org for more information. And that's the story, guys! And it is. This is about the time where i like, hey, Power Pack packaging time. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the Power Pack packaging. First of all, on the back, our cold open was the advertisement for this that you probably have seen if you looked at any comic books. If you had any physical comic books from the 1980s, mid-1980s to the late 1980s, it's Power Pack flying around. Spider-Man coming out, and and they say that cold open that we did. That's on the back of this cover. The front, we've got Spider-Man and Power Pack, and Spider-Man is swinging through the air with a young boy in his arms and says, free! And at the bottom, we've got um, Meet the Sensational Power Pack, and there's a little box that's cut out here, and you've got the Power Pack kids, and they're all kind of like, looking surprised as Jane tells them what's going on, and the bottom picture looks like it was drawn by uh, Bergman and Wycheck and Spider-Man picture. That's a good old John Byrne picture there. And then, of course, our favorite Brigman picture down there at the Power Pack Kids. We have the lovely corner box, which is Power Pack and Spider-Man's face. Ah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, what do you guys think about this cover? It is... Uh, generic as it needs to be it shows that spider-man is saving a child and it shows that power pack is in it talking to somebody who's telling them some shocking information or has a very scary face because you don't see the 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 the, the girl's face you just see the back of her head
2: yeah i i think the word generic is is very uh very apt yeah uh
0: yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really stand out that much. I I think the back cover, the back advertisement is more more uh interesting. It's got a lot more
1: Yeah, it's more dynamic. It's got a yeah. lot more action. It's got a lot more there's things going on there's spider-man swinging you know this has spider-man swinging it's got power pack but power pack are all in their you know power pack forms doing power pack things
0: yeah and and, and it's more recognizable too like i said it was that advertisement was on a lot of comic books on the back of a lot of comic books back in that time so i remember seeing it a lot when i was collecting back then and yet at the same time I, i haven't i never really tracked this down until recently um until we started doing the show then i was like okay i want to get that as well And that's the first time I read the Spider-Man one. and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is a lot to talk about about this one. And Mm -hmm. I should say that we've been holding off on doing this book for quite a while. We are doing this way out of order. We should have done this way back when, you know, by issue 10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that first run of issues. That's when we should have done this. But we were
1: scared. Uh (laughs) We, it's it's a heavy issue i mean we honestly did tackle the script on this one about a year and a half ago and said okay and then kind of walked on to do some other stuff because we're like we need to take this seriously and we wanted to make sure that we you know if we got anybody on board with it that they would take it seriously as well and then time passes and we said remember that thing that we said we were going to do so
0: yeah we I, I spent some time trying to look for somebody uh Trying to, uh, like, starting the first steps of reaching out to somebody who, you know, had experience working with this. And then life, one thing, another. But then, I had the lovely opportunity to do a show with Waffles. And we had a chance to talk. And as we were talking, I found out about him. And uh, he is going to school to learn about this topic. So, I was like, hey yeah interested <laughs> i was wondering if, if one i think this is a good chance for you to just go ahead and tell people what you're in school for right now and 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 a little bit just kind of your backstory about what you are hoping to do one day
2: so i'm training to become a counselor and so uh pretty much this comic and the subject matter within a kind of a weekly uh, occurrence of uh, learning about various you know traumas that people suffer the mental uh, illnesses and effects uh, that come from that and of course how to be a kind uh, empathetic person to create and foster an environment of healing and growth uh, and in order that's people might be able to better adjust and cope and deal with the trauma and stresses of everyday life. My background, if you uh, can't already tell, is in theatrics. I uh, studied acting um, before I studied counselling and dream the plan that if I can make everything work together is to eventually work with children and young people are using drama and theatrics as a form of therapy and counseling. And so seeing comic books and things tackled issues around you know sexual abuse and the mental trauma that comes along with it uh, is quite inspiring you know people actually using their creativity to bring awareness to issues is something that really gets me passionate so when when I heard you guys were struggling to find somebody to tackle this issue I thought why not I'd I'd put my hat in the ring and uh, put my money where my mouth was uh, as it were and to um, actually try to address these issues and to really let people know that life happens but it's okay people are here to help and so if people are listening to this episode if this has brought up any issues for you or somebody you know just know there are people out there that are trying to help and that life does get better um, and that life is worth living and that you are valued and worth something no matter what's happened to you that's the important takeaway i want people to get is that you have value and that you are are loved despite your circumstances yeah so you're awesome thank you for listening i hope this helps somebody
0: and i think it's a good time to mention too that uh we keep calling waffles but his name is alexander (gasps) alexander is in school for this right now he is not a professional no, no. Jeff and I are not professionals at all.
1: Um, in any regard.
0: <laughs> in any regard. Uh, some may even say that we are not professional podcasters either, although I like to think we do a pretty good job. But we we are not professionals in this issue at all. We are only addressing it, and we want to have a little bit of a conversation now about some of the things, but we want to go into it with the understanding that we we are doing this from a position of our own personal knowledge the best of intentions and the baseline of if you find yourself struggling with anything if you find that you are confused or need assistance or you just need somebody to talk to never ever feel ashamed about reaching out looking for people, looking for somebody, looking for professionals, looking for friends, looking for the 1-800 numbers. There's clubs, there's teams, there's groups that you can meet with that would be more than happy to help you out with that. We can only have a conversation at a very generic level, but if you do need assistance, we, we cannot emphasize enough, reach out, find somebody to talk to about this. Because... This is some traumatic things. These are some difficult issues. And I think as we look at this book, we look at a very valiant attempt at the creators to address an issue that's especially mid-1980s in a kid's book, in a kid's form, to address something that's really difficult and very personal and do it as a, a gentle way as possible and give a good message. And I, and I think we should start kind of talking about that. How successful do we think that uh, Louise Simonson was in crafting this message?
2: Yeah, I think that she's quite successful. She does bring up a lot of good advice, especially the reach out until you find someone who believes you, uh, which is the thing to do. There are people out there who will believe you and so that reaching out finding help aspect of it showing the what i believe is a very realistic depiction of of someone especially the guilt especially the blaming themselves for the abuse it's a very realistic portrayal and so i think that this issue is handled with great tact and great respect and so the overall message of find somebody to help you actually reaching out uh, and finding someone to believe you is brilliant and the fact that then they go on to then also provide services for people and this was made in conjunction with a service to actually provide people the help that they need I I think is great and so for me that message of actually find that support that you need because it is out. um, I think it does it very well.
1: I think there's also the aspect that they kind of touched into, but didn't really like highlight really well, which is that you may go, you know, you might have a trusted adult that you might be able to tell and you can tell them and they might not, you know, believe you, you might be like, they don't believe me and I'm walking away from it entirely. Keep telling them. Uh, It's that aspect of sometimes, a truth is given to you and you are not prepared for it because it changes fundamentally your worldview on another person or your situation or whatever it is that's going on. And so it's that aspect of, I have told somebody something they didn't believe me, keep telling them or like we were saying, move on to talk to somebody else and just keep your message going because just because one person may have said like, I don't believe you doesn't mean that it wasn't true. Tell someone else. The next person might say, I don't believe you. The third person might say that, but the fourth person might say, I believe you. What can we do to help you? So if you have this going on and need to talk to somebody, don't stop at one, keep going until your message is heard. That is really, really important. And also like, you know, with Jane's mom, Jane's mom going, well, Jane said this. Well, Jane was lying. Okay, well, I guess maybe she was, she's lied before. She needed the time to process and, and you kind of need to give her that time by continuing that message of saying, this thing happened to me. I need you to believe me. I need you to hear me.
0: Yeah. One nice thing in there is showing that it's easy for a child to lose faith in adults and especially the adults that you believe in. And I think that it is something to remember that we, we want to teach children to protect themselves to, to speak up for themselves, uh, but also to trust adults, <laughs> but to be wary <laughs> yeah. about trusting adults. Trust um, adults, but not all adults. There's, there's a lot of information <laughs> that hits these poor kids as as they get all these weird conflicting messages. And the hardest thing about this book is the, the, the adults that are... Really turning on her are her parents, which is the adults that you should believe in the most or family that you should believe in the most. That's your first tier. Right. So it it makes perfect sense that when she's given the option of speaking to other adults, which we know as, you know, Jim and Maggie, they are the greatest adults. She has very hesitant because she's scared and she doesn't trust adults. She barely trusts her peer group. But that's, the, that's a good message that's in here as well, is that you need to go and find those friends that you can trust, those friends that you believe in, those friends that have your best interest at heart, and have them help you find that next trustworthy link in the chain so that you can speak your message and have a good conversation with somebody and hopefully so- start to solve the problems that are existing. The uh, the story in and of itself is very simple. I mean, we only have five, six pages here that we are using, so it's very, very thin. Piece of the story is less about the fact that the kids have powers. Yes, the kids have powers, which help them get to point A to point B, to find the Lost Lamb. But... It's so inconsequential to everything else. In fact, they make the point that, you know, a hero doesn't have to have power. A hero just has to be there when somebody's in need. And I think that's another good thing to remember, too, is that we can all... I'm trying to make this not sound as trite as possible, but we can all be heroes uh, just by being there for people who need the help. And I think that's another good message that's in here is the kids don't have to have superpowers for this to... Actually, be an effective story. Even getting the dog away from her, there's other ways they could have done that without powers. Powers helped. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but they did it for the for the flashy Rasm attack. Sure, they did, did it so that we had something to drink. This issue, um, <laughs> it's nice that they always think ahead for us. But just being there and going out and finding her and and making the effort to be there for their friend and helping their friend move to the next step, I think that's it's another good success part about this story
2: yeah i think the real heroics in this do come down to friendship and i i would even wager that the power parents also we can include into the heroics of this of actually handling the situation with dignity and respect and uh, the correct amount of tact i think that very heroic i i know a lot of adults who probably would have completely freaked out mm-hmm but yeah, Maggie and Jim, real heroes in this, along with the kids. Yeah, just to reiterate that point—that you, you know, because really, uh, the the only difference between um, you know, superpower, uh, you know, superheroes with super villains really is the the motives, uh, what what drives them. And you can see from this issue that the real core of of the Power Pack is their, you know wanting to help people, that real empathy and love uh, that 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 they give off. And so, you know, even just flying out the door and wanting to help their friends, like that's the heroic side of things, you know, powers aside that, you know, and it can just be those small acts of just listening to somebody. You don't need to, you know, physically save somebody's life to be a hero. It's just that giving them that ear to listen and to believe them and to not judge them. That whole judgmental thing is a whole conversation, but that you know, actually respecting them as a person is huge, absolutely huge. And I think that's what what you see in Jane, was that the fact that she could, you know, tell other people was because she was given that love and friendship and support from the Power Kids in, in the first place that helped her, you know, tell Maggie and then go on to get the counselling and things at, at the end. And so that to me really is, is the core heroics of of this is just being there and being a good person in in general. That's for me what defines a hero.
0: And I think it's also important to point out that uh, we say that Jim Power represents the perfect father, the father who knows mm-hmm. everything, the father who's there to solve everything. But both both him and Maggie they they did the right things with what they knew how to do. I mean, Maggie oh, yeah. Maggie provided comfort support the leer to listen she spoke with her husband and then they made a plan together and he's like well i know exactly where my limits at i know exactly mm-hmm. what i can do and what i can't do and what i can do is i can look up the number for somebody who can solve this thing who's an expert at this and that once again goes to the point that we ain't experts but no. we know how to use the internet <laughs> we know how to use our phones <laughs> sometimes yeah. uh, i also we, like
1: the fact that uh, maggie told jane it's like jane told maggie maggie was like you're very brave yep. we're gonna do whatever we can to help you and your family yeah, yeah. Mm. and then i also like the fact that when she you know jim comes home it's like okay have your normal moment you know hug mm-hmm. your kids and everything but i would like to talk to you in the other room okay. and so mm. it wasn't you know the discussion in front of jane right. was like jane 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 has done her part Stay here. We'll go over here and have a nice calm discussion. And then it's and then yeah, it's like again, perfect parents come back in and they're like, We're gonna help you. Here's the number you can call. We're gonna do the things that are right for you.
0: It's always good to go into this with a team atmosphere. You know, one one person might have a good idea, two people might have a great idea. So it's you know, what should we do? How do we solve this? What what's our next steps? What's gonna happen? Let's get somebody involved. We aren't gonna get involved more than the sense of we're providing a safe space, but we're not going to get involved in the situation. We're going to provide the safe space, and we're going to call people who know how to solve the problem. Think back to my childhood, and I know that my father and I, we may have our differences, and we may have butted heads a lot of times, but I had a lot of friends who, they they had harder lives, and they, and they had tougher uh, home life. And while they were all very scared of my father, if anything occurred, anything at all, they would ask me like, can you please have your dad come and help me with this? I need assistance. And I can think of two big instances off the top of my head where my father got involved in things, even though my friends were scared of my dad, but they asked if he could get involved so that he could help them solve something that they could not solve with their own family. And something my dad did, he's like, okay, I'm getting involved in this, I'm gonna solve this problem. That's what it is. But that's what you do. Is, is you, 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 Somebody asks you for the help. You don't stop. You, you go and help them. And you figure it out. If you can't help
2: them, you find somebody who can. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, guys, is there anything else that you want to talk about about this book? Or is there anything else that you think we should mention?
1: I kind of feel like we've covered it. If you need help, ask for help. People will help you.
2: There was one point I wanted to bring up which Is right at the end when Jane's starting to freak out about, yeah, a- about Maggie telling Jim.
1: Oh, because Jim, her thinking that Jim's going to hate her and think that she's a bad person and treat her the same way that her dad does. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so Alex shutting down, down that thought with the, yeah, you know, this is bigger than you sort, sort of thing is that you're a kid and this is, you, you know, kids want to be as. You know, respectful as you can, but kids aren't exactly all that bright. Um, And uh, (laughs) what? What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're not all that experienced, and reasonable cognitive uh, deductions aren't exactly you know on the same par as a you know functioning adult, and so you know actually being supportive of her while she's still going through this very traumatic stressful environment even though she is in a safe space there's still a lot of emotions and stuff being processed so even still supporting her even in that moment I I think is is good because that's the thing so you're going to need friends as uh, anybody who's gone through traumatic experiences you're going to need friends you're going to need that community around you throughout all those steps it's not just about getting help but it's also about continuing to be there for people as they need it good yeah
0: Very good point. And that's why we've got friends with us to talk about this issue. And thank you very much for being with us and talking about this issue. But there is a couple of things we can still discuss about this. We are not going to go through all of our normal power thoughts this time because, well... Just some of them don't seem as appropriate but mm. we can still talk about some of the art in here and I think we should so we are going to still do the refrigerator gallery and talk about some of the art that we enjoyed in this book and so I asked the guys if you could all come up with at least one funny one and then a couple of, couple of good ones that we could share with each other I mean there's not much content here but I think we could find something that we can discuss so do you have a funny one that you found in this book waffles
2: yes I want to jump on page three. All right. And it is as the kids just about to head out the door and you have the energizer buzzing up. But I love how she's sort of almost on all fours as she's disintegrating the trash and she's got the arm out. She's, you know, hold up. I've got to energize. Yeah. And I call that one uh, recharging the batteries. <laughs> Very nice. But yeah, just this sort of great scene is like the whole family. She's like, oh, just give me two seconds while I energize.
0: Charging up the batteries. I like that one a lot. I like yes. that one a lot.
1: I got to eat the neighbor's mail so that they don't get their, uh, yes. their retirement checks or something. But I'll, yes. but I'll be able to glow. <laughs> got to get that dog fighting energy in.
0: Somebody left these important paperworks out here and, and that can't stand. I can't stand at all.
2: No. It's just the bills. Nobody needs those dad's always angry when he reads these so he's better off without it <laughs> i like it
1: yeah he doesn't that, that's the world in general is like you don't really want to know the news no. you don't want to know what's nah, going on no. maybe just maybe just be fine
0: this is this is predicting that 2020 is going to be a horrible year oh that's too far out we, you don't need to know about that you don't need to know about that nah.
1: <laughs> jeff what do you have for a funny one my funny funny one is on page zero Basically, this is the intro page where they're having the, the discussion and the Dear Reader uh, letter from N.H. Uh, Cohen. Okay. And I call this Rock, Paper, Candy Bars. <laughs> <laughs> because if you look in the bottom right-hand side, you have Julie and Jack, and they're flying. But Julie has picked paper while Jack has picked rock. Because <laughs> he's got his you know, his cloudy hand in his other hand. So it looks like they're playing rock, paper, scissors. And then... Uh, Katie and Alex are above them eating candy bars. And I don't recall that being a legal play in Rock, Paper, Scissors.
0: You know, if you won't play with the extended rules.
1: I I didn't get that content. I haven't done that DLC yet. I I mess, I texted you the other day about, oh. On my dead cell phone. Classy, Rick. Too soon. Too soon. Mm. Real classy. (laughs) Too soon. Far too soon. <laughs> all
0: right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and run as quickly as I can to page mm. four, and I'm going to hide behind <laughs> this dog that's on page four. Oh, never mind. Mm. The dog just got hit in the in the butt with a Powerball, and he's saying, YORP! <laughs> 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 which I, I couldn't get by that page. I could not get by that picture at all. I, the, the dog gets hit on the rump, and it says, YOLP Which is a fantastic word. I, I love it a lot. I love it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. A little Powerball mm-hmm. paddling just got rid of that puppy. Yorlp. Yep. Yorlp. Yorlp. All right. Jeff, why don't you give us your
0: backup good one?
1: My backup favorite one is on page five in the upper right-hand corner, and I call it Alley of the Lost. And this mm-hmm. is after Power Pack has saved Jane from the dog, and they've gone down in their civilian IDs. And they've gone down in their civilian IDs and uh, are talking to Jane. They do this long shot in this where it's just like they it's like you're on the outside of the alley looking down into it and you're going past all these, you know, the trash and everything. There's you know, a bike tire and like a muffler or something, and it's just all these different things and way in the background is the kid. So I saw it as the alley of the lost.
0: Nice.
2: Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh how about you? What's your backup one? Just the panel actually just before this one. Oh, okay. Just as the Still in, in their powers. And, of course, uh, Mass Master is still, uh, you know, half fog. And you just sort of see them sort of all landing together. I think it's just a very sort of dynamic panel, but also the showing Jane very tiny all, all the way in the background, I think, is just very symbolic of, you know, the heat. It's very much this heroic heroes coming in to save the day sort of panel. Um, I think it's just very invocative. and really just caught my eye.
0: No, I do like that one. I, mm-hmm. I do also like Jack... It's kind of an interesting picture because he's not so much the cloudy Jack. He's the, the rough yeah. outline. It's it's a it's a different outline look that she that we haven't really seen June Brigman do. It's it's a nice picture. I like that one.
2: I like that. It, it is. It's sort of it's him half in boy form, half in in, in cloud, and it it almost is showing him sort of coming back together into his human form. And so it's sort of this sort of half between. But yeah, it's sort of very evocative, very stylistic. I, I I really like it.
0: Very nice choice. I am gonna go with page three, and this is in the upper left-hand corner. And I call this just sitting around the house. I, I know that from my house, and then Jeff might be able to back me up on this, but, and I think that Jeff can probably go with this. We have pretty nice size houses here that we both have. There's lots of room that we can be in. There, there's space for our families. We each have three people in our family. It never mm. fails. No matter where we are in the house, that's where everybody, and possibly the cats, all want to be at the same time. Yeah. The same no, it's three true. foot square area. Yeah, so, you know, they've very got this, much so I, I know that they live in a New York apartment, which is smaller, but still, this one area <laughs> of the living room, you got all four kids. I mean, Katie is right up in her mom's business as uh, she's painting. <laughs> Alex is laying on the couch with his feet on the back of the couch he's reading jack's next to him reading julie's just hanging out there too and there's just a general mess around which it just feels lived in it's a very nice composed scene of a lived in house that everybody is right
1: there that's good and that is very accurate i know it was just like you're talking about and maybe even the pets are there because yeah it was <laughs> uh, i think the other night it was like so bathroom there's kid there's hillary Hi, Herbie the cat. Hey, I'm glad everybody's here in the smallest room possible. I guess from here I'll go over to, I don't know, a closet and see if everybody will join me there.
0: <laughs> why not? Why not? Why Why not?
2: <laughs> that was my number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Welcome
1: to the show where we steal stuff from each other.
2: <laughs> it's all good. But no, being... The middle of four children, myself, two boys, two girls. You can see why I like Power Pack. It's, it's it's strange, but this is is very. This panel just nostalgiaed me right back into my childhood. We <laughs> used to have guinea pigs uh, when when I was younger, uh, and those guinea pigs would run around the house. And we had toys, and the guinea pigs got married in a castle that we owned, and there was a Barbie car that they went to their honeymoon in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And so, yes, it seems like this of just, you know, laying on the couch. Everybody's doing everything, just chatting as a family. A mess, um, because who's cleaning? Mm-hmm. Stuff scattered on the ground. Everybody's talking over each other. Very like this picture could have been straight out of my childhood.
1: <laughs> As an aside on that, I think that your uh, your guinea pigs are leading a better life than I am.
2: <laughs> I got a castle and a sports car? Come on. <laughs> we started with two of them,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and then there were more of them, and then there were more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, we had 50 of them in 10 cages. Wow. And that's why we were living in Kaitaia, which is the very tippy top of the North Island. Uh, when we had to move down to the South Island, where I am now, we had to get rid of them, but we donated them to a petting zoo and i think we doubled their guinea pig population overnight so yeah and we um got calls and they were thriving so yeah we were uh, professional guinea pig breeders at one stage
0: is that another island that has also exist
2: <laughs> as a sanctuary
0: for guinea pigs that you started yourself
1: <laughs>
2: uh not quite yet no no
1: turns out the north island
0: the north island <laughs>
1: yeah they're slowly working their way down to wellington yep that was waffles top one what about yours jeff my top one is on page one and i call it no shelter from the storm you know we normally avoid splash pages and this is kind of a half splash page this is the uh, the bottom half of it we're up on top it is says "Runaway," and it has jane holding her ears you know and kind of like just having a little freak out but what i really like about this art is the fact that you have her room it's a huge bedroom but it just shows it's it's a kid's room you know it's got the pink walls and pink bedspread and a little piggy bank and a you know a band poster in the background and everything and so you have this like you know, you, you focus in on the girl and you're like S- what's wrong something's going on with her but you go through and it's just this very much like yeah she's a kid we've established it's not an adult it's not a, a thin older lady or anything it's just it's a child's room it's a child and in the background just through her open doorway you know, very, very small. This You get to see the silhouette of her parents and just as a very nice color nod to kind of like what's going on there is the background wall is kind of like a, a red, reddish orange. Mm. And so it's just this red and blacky kind of orange, kind of, you know, yellows. It's just the tones of it go to a more kind of like, you know, aggressive, kind of like, uh, things are not comfortable back there kind of a thing. And so no shelter from the storm also as a, uh, A little tip of the hat to the uh, "Shelter from the Storm" comic that we did, where horrible things were happening to people as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but that's 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 my top one.
0: Yes, Power Pack. Good choice. Power Pack. Uh, The horrible things happen to people. That's Power Pack subtitle. So often. Yes. Mm -hmm. My bottom one is all the way on page number six, and this is the kids come in with Jane, and this is the bottom right-hand panel, and. This is as the kids come into the apartment, into the kitchen, it looks like. Jane's center, all the kids are surrounded. You can see mom is pulling something out of the oven, and that's kind of like the front of the shot. And it's the kids in the background of the shot. And I think it's just a great perspective piece. And I think that it's selling Mm. a lot right there. It's like you can see that mom's bringing out the food. So you got – there's a maternal mother presence doing something really wonderful. She's cooked for her family and you've got the kids bringing in this troubled girl i there there's a lot of good emotion in this one little picture and i thought that it it was a great selling point and it's it's very simple simple as well
1: i like it it's good yeah
0: now this is a point in time where we usually talk about a lot of other things but we're not going to talk about anything else because We're not going to say who the good kids and bad kids are because they're all good kids in this one. And we're not going to get into that. That's not the place for it. Let's just go and rank this book. We are going to rank the story. This is a story. I think it's a complete story. I think it's a pretty good story. But we're going to rank this on our ever-growing list of Power Pack stories. So, we have on number one, Power Pack number 42, Revenge of the Boogeyman. All the way down to Power Pack number 15, we've got Power Pack... 36, the 12th. That's a lot of numbers. 15, 36, and 12. But we can figure it out. Down on number 30, we've got The Wasting. That's Power Pack number 49. And at the bottom of our list, well, yeah, we'll just go on all the way down to the bottom of the list. We have X Factor Annual number two, preceded by Power Pack and Cloak and Dagger Shelter from the Storm. That's all the way down at 56 and 57. I don't think we need to go there. I'm gonna say let's start somewhere in the middle. Let's, let's talk about uh, Power Pack 11, issue number 29, Problems. This is the first time that they run into the Morlocks. Do we think that this is better or worse than that?
1: I think that this is actually better than that. I'm Kind of feeling that a little bit too. Because so I'm trying to remember that one, and it's kind of along the lines where, that's where it's like they chase the cat down into the uh, sewer, and fight some alligators and then leave their backpacks and then end on a cliffhanger of like, ooh, what's going on now?
2: Yeah. There really should be a bigger discussion around Power Pack and how they deal with animals. (laughs) Because (laughs) Powerball.
0: Well, this one, they saved the cat. They saved the cat on this one. They they, they actually went out of their ways
1: to do that. I'm just thinking of like Power Pack animal abuse special where it's just like, don't be like Power (laughs) Pack. They attack! They attack critters all the time, except for that one cat.
0: Let's let's yeah. let's talk about that then. Let's talk about that because they had a chance to play nice with a snake once, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And that would be the hunt for the Boulder Crusher and the Aquarium Visit. And that's on issues mm-hmm. nine and ten, so about the same time here. And we've got those at twenty four and twenty five, or twenty three and twenty four. So, do mm-hmm. we think it's better than that Aquarium Visit with the Boulder Crusher, or worse?
2: I, I don't know. Boulder Crusher had the granddad in it, didn't yeah, it did. she? Yeah, she did. Had grandpa. had grandpa. Grandpa was fun. I liked Grandpa. Um, so I'm inclined to say probably worse. I'm, I'm agreeing okay. with you.
0: And the one down below those is Curse. That's where Curse rampages and injures Maggie. And I think that's a little bit more of an important issue, but I think I think it might go right below that, because below that we have number five, and that's when the kids arrive back on Earth and they start dealing with their new powers. And actually, that's yeah. that's a pretty good one too, because that's a slice of life story. This is a slice of life story. This has got a this has got a bit stronger message than that one does. So I think that my personal feelings, I think this might edge out Homecoming. I'd be fine with that. It could be the
2: new twenty-six. I I, I will happily agree with you Mm
0: -hmm. i think that's a pretty good showing that's that's this is a very short 1986 psa issue and we're putting this kind of right in the middle of our list which is not a bad place for it at all which i'm kind of i'm kind of impressed with because i didn't think about really ranking this but once i started thinking about it in context of other stories i liked it a lot i think i I think it's pretty good so
1: i honestly never come into these with any kind of pre-established thoughts it's uh you know yeah, right it. We spend time with it and everything, and then just during the discussion, and we hit this, and it's like, oh, ranking. Uh, huh? Now that I think about it, you know, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but it's a short issue, but it's a well-written issue, and it has a good heart to it. So I think it it deserves the you know dignity and respect of being where it is. So yeah. Speaking um, of dignity and respect, Jeff, what do you think of doctoral? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's my buddy Rick. He knows how to do a segue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm like halfway through it. I'm not overly digging on it. It kind of has a, it doesn't really have a front flavor, and the after flavor is sort of like a semi-sweet, like lemonade, Gatorade kind of thing. So yeah. it's it's not really doing it for me.
0: Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree with you on it. Maybe the fact it's called dog drool adds a level of
1: fear to it that, you know, wouldn't normally be there. I don't know about that because it's very much just like, well, what do you think dog drool is going to be? And it could be anything. (laughs) Yeah. And in this, it's like orange lemon. Okay. I like citrus. And it's just, it's kind of a, I find it to be both watered down and pungent on the tongue kind of thing where it's just like that it's like a bad lemon kind of flavor that's just hanging out it's like a bad artificial lemon flavor for me it's just very Mm. very sweet and
0: i like sweet stuff but it's very very sweet for me
1: so it's for me it's not crazy sweet because i like sugar (laughs) so for me the it is sweet i don't find it to be cloying Mm -hmm. but i just don't find it to be I just don't find it to be anything is the problem other than kind of like, man, eh, it's leaving kind of a flavor on my tongue. So I'm willing to give it a benefit of the doubt. Three and a half. That's what I give it. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll go two and a half. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. It's kind of a, uh, well, I, would I drink it? Yeah, sure. Am I slamming it down? No. Uh, would I have it again? Yeah, sure. Do I want to have it again? Eh. But what
0: do you think about your drink, your concoction of all things New Zealand that you put into one glass and have been just have been enjoying the entire evening and kind of rubbing it on our faces from thousands of miles away.
2: Yes. Um, before we get to that, I just want to say the last time my dog drilled in my mouth wasn't a great experience either.
0: <laughs> but did it taste like lemon and orange?
2: No. Surprisingly enough. You, you, know, you know, they're licking your face and naturally. Some of it, uh, you know, they get very into it. And so they uh, not will, supposed to will tend back. to get... No, no, you don't. But <laughs> yes. you, you, you know, dogs can be quite uh, vigorous when when they want to be. And and so I can unashamedly say, as an animal lover, that I have tasted dog drool before, and it was not pleasant. Yeah, I'm sure we all have. Yes, yeah, so I, I would agree with you there. But no, for uh, I, I have to say, l p lemon and pyro uh, is my absolute favourite soft drink on the planet. If you can uh, hunt down a bottle, definitely do. It's this very unique kiwi flavour that. I you know, would be drinking anyways. Uh, if I wasn't here. But no, my um my Kiwi feast I have to give nothing but you know, but a five because just all things New Zealand. I'm just gonna promote the heck out of it. Um find some pineapple lumps, they're great. Um, absolutely great. Uh, they're chocolatey, And pineapple y. If you can hunt them down. They're very they're a kiwi treat. If you like if you have a sweet tooth, <laughs> they're sweet. They're sweet as bro, so definitely hunt them down. Five parables right there. Um, right.
0: You, you see, and this, and this is this is an experienced podcaster.
2: This is an experience, yes. experienced podcaster doing this. am just going to eat and drink right on, <laughs> right on mic. <Mike>. <laughs> 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 he doesn't have to edit it. Give people that real... He doesn't have to edit it. He, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care.
0: This they do things down there in NZ. Yeah. It's really just
2: that she'll be right.
1: Kiwi attitude. it <laughs> <laughs> will be right. And that leads us to kids' perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his nine-year-old daughter and gets her opinion on the book. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away.
0: Hello, Carrie.
3: Hello, Daddy. How are you? Good, and you?
0: I'm doing fine.
3: We are stretching
0: this. I kind of am. So, I gave you an interesting comic to read today. <laughs> and I'm only, I only gave you half of it to read. I don't know if you read the first half at all. Did you? The Spider-Man one?
3: Maybe a teensy bit.
0: Okay. We aren't going to talk about that one. Yeah. But the Power Pack one, that one we are going to talk about, what was it about?
3: It was about this girl, Jane, and she ran away because her dad was touching her in, in private spots. And when she told her mom, uh, her her dad told her mom not to believe her.
0: That's correct. What did you think about this story?
3: I like it. Um, I think it does a good job of showing that nobody deserves to touch you in these spots and that, you know, if, so, if the person you tell doesn't believe you or something goes wrong, then just go to another grown-up and then just keep doing it and doing it until somebody believes you.
0: Carrie, that is a very good understanding of that book. That is very, very good. I know that me and your mom, we've talked about this with you before, and you probably have heard it from school as well, correct? Yeah. And and also from doctors too, right? Yeah. So y- you know this message and you know that, you know, if you, if anybody is touching you inappropriately, you go find an adult to believe you, right? Yes. And you know to always stick up for yourself too, right? Yeah. How did you like the message being written to you? Did you do you think it was a good way of of them to tell you that message? Yeah. What do you think about how the power kids acted in this? Do you think that they did the right thing?
3: Yeah, they um, went to find Jane and then explained to her that it was okay and she didn't need to run away. She just needed to tell a grown-up that would believe her.
0: And what did you think about Maggie and Jim and how Maggie and Jim handled it?
3: I like how they um, decided to help Jane too. And how did they help Jane? It may happen again. She can always get them.
0: They also told her that she was safe there. Yeah. And they told her that they told their parents, said, she's with us, yeah. she's safe. And then what did Jim do? He called the proper authorities, right? Yeah. They didn't judge Jane. They didn't say anything bad about Jane because it's not her fault, right? Right. And they did things that would protect her and to protect her family. Right. And those are things that, that adults should do. You should make <laughs> sure that adults are doing that. But Yeah. Overall, how do you feel about reading this and about talking about it?
3: Good. Like I said, it sends a good message.
0: Yes, I think it does. I think it does. And Carrie... I think you did a very good job of talking about it, so thank you very, very much.
3: Welcome, and thank you.
0: You're welcome. I love you, honey.
3: Love you, too.
1: Ah, thank you, Carrie. That was very thoughtful. We really appreciate you being here with us and telling us your opinions on that.
0: Shout out time! We would like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in and leave us a review. This, right here, right now, is for our awesome two-part interview with John Bogdanov. We just went and combined all the tweets and likes for both of this in this one giant shout-out. So here we go.
1: AJ. The amazing, handsome, and intelligent Alexander Williams and the Waffles and Mario podcast.
0: Al Sedano and Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast.
2: Carl Potts. Here's a fun interview with John Bogdanov and who is starting... Drawing power pack. those interested in learning how to break into comics will be amazed at his story. It would, unfortunately, be almost impossible to duplicate today.
1: CH0. Charles Gears. Charles Miller. Chris Reeves. Clinton Robinson and the Coffee and Comics Podcast. Cruise of the Pedal Boats. Damian Druitt Witter, who says, An amazing episode. John seems like an amazing guy, and now we all know what cheese steel likes. It's 209. Father Joe Misty. Gibson Gray, who says, I want to start a podcast so I can interview him too. Interview doesn't sound right, as it felt more like being part of a group of great people just chilling and having a laugh. Yeah, it really was. It was nice. It was great talking to him.
2: Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan.
1: Hoover Jeremiah and the 4 Million Years Later podcast, who says, Fantastic interview. The story of how he got hired by
2: Marvel was astounding. How the ducks? Jeffrey Brown. Jeff Pullier. Jeremy Dorr, who says, Wonderful interview with John Bogdanov, of Gentlemen. Thanks to Awesome artist for answering my question. June Brinkman. Kaiser the Great. The Longbox Crusade Network with Delvin the Dark Web Williams and Jareb the Weasel Skull Albert. Louise Simonson.
1: The Married with Comics podcast with Jonathan and Maggie. Max. Max Traver, who says, Jeff and Rick have an awesome conversation with John Bogdanov about Power Pack, the Simonsons, Superman, and more. Eh? Michael Neritz. New
2: Warriors Talk.
1: Nicholas Prom in the Comic Reflections Podcast. Sailor Bear Zodar,
0: who says, I was already a fan of John's work, but his podcast cemented me as a fan of the man himself. So many great tales of guerrilla art reference.
2: Sean and the Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Screw It Podcast.
0: Somewhat abnormal,
2: who says, I am legit very excited for this. That dude is a major artistic influence. Tim Price the Podcrasher who loved John's interview story and did a happy dance with the cheese answer.
1: WMQ Comics Podcast with Dan Grote and Matt Laserwitz. The worst comic podcast ever with Colin Stapleton. Now, Alexander,
2: could you tell us where we could find you at? I'm on Twitter at WafflesTheMagic, uh, all one word. Also on Twitter at Waffles underscore Mario, if you want to reach out. Uh, Also part of the Necropodicon Network. You'll find uh, links to that at com, where there's plenty of good stuff that I'm sure people would love to find out about. What about your own show that you do? Uh, well, that's uh, Waffles and Mario talk about things, where you can find us on all good podcasting websites, or even if you just look us up on Doctor Google, uh, we show up. I've checked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of one sleeping cat, all the way in New Zealand, in Portland, Oregon, and Christchurch, New Zealand. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet. You you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present our email address, Jeff and Rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Also our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick
1: present. And if you'd like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com Jeff and Rick present. All one word. We are a supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more.
0: Please rate and review us
1: wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs.
0: My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie.
1: My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. My
2: best mate, Mario, and my cat, Popcorn. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time.
0: Costumes all. Our theme music is Eddie's action. Also featured in this episode is Raving Energy Faster. All music is by Kevin MacLeod at TheCopyTech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by attribution for a license.
2: Well, we... I should probably learn words. Guest starring Maggie Powers, the power parent's child. Uh, blah, blah. Later, hours have passed and no luck has
0: had. <laughs> Later, hours have been passed. No. Later, hours have passed and no luck has been had. I, why can't I read that line? Later, words hours. Are hard.
1: Have, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Can you guys see me? Yeah. Mm. Okay, computer screen just kind of went wo- absolutely wonky. Ah,
0: no, we we can still see <clears throat> so I'm like, you.
1: Like, okay, unfortunately, <clears throat> okay, just hoping. I'm, oh, <laughs> it's the left hand corner.
0: Sorry, my right, your left. Actually, it's it's. I was saying it's the upper right-hand corner for waffles because he's in New Zealand and they they do things on the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's on the opposite side yeah. the street. So southern yeah. hemisphere. Yeah. He got one. Yeah. In. He got one. In. Um, <laughs> phew, saved myself. Nobody caught it.
1: Um, so this is sitting around the house. Alexander Williams and the waffles and Mario Pardo.
0: Nice. Alex- I
1: can't. I'm just going to say what I, the, that guy show man. <laughs>